Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavua. As we study Mesechus Yavamos Daf Kuf Chaf, there is a uh, siyum taking place. It's really a national siyum for uh, people that are involved in Daf Shavua learning. Please feel free to speak to me for more information. Perhaps we'll send something out early next week. <laughs> Excuse me, it's taking place in New Jersey, and it would be great for some of our participants to be able to attend. The mission we're going to focus on today really requires uh, a little bit of introduction, where we have a question, whether it's one witness or two witnesses, but even one witness that is going to testify to the identity of a person that has died. And, you know, this is going to depend on many conditions, how and if a body remains intact. You know, we're studying the Shabbos, um, Parshas Shoftim, and we have in this Parsha as well, in the next Parsha, issues of Milchama. I've mentioned in some of the Shiurim this year that uh, these issues of men going out to war were really uh, major issues, major issues in Eretz Yisrael. Very, very important. After the 1973 war, Ravadia Yosef was able to uh, free up many Agunot. But also, tragically, this was a question going back uh, to the Shoah, where a person's identity wasn't necessarily um, clear. You know, how do you know exactly if a person was killed? Could you rely on records or not? And uh, fast forward 9-11, where many of these issues came up as well, and the question of using technology. So I want to go a little bit down in the Mishnah, and then we'll work our way back up. The Mishnah says, That they may not testify that a person is dead, or if they testify, the testimony doesn't uh, account for anything. Ella agitates a nafsho until they see that his soul had actually departed. Even though they saw him suffering from a deadly wound. So the issue over here is that, you know, unless you've actually seen death, then you're not going to be able to say that you saw death. The testimony is not going to work. The, the Mishnah says, even if um, it's a situation of hanging from a gallows, in that case, okay, but you didn't see the person dead on the gallows. Now, what I wanted to point out, which is halacha is a very big question, is what exactly is the moment of death? You know there's an expression, saved by the bell. The expression saved by the bell is there was a, a certain time, I think as recently as in the 1800s, where somebody would be buried or would be put into a casket and um, they, everyone thought he was dead, but then they found out he wasn't dead. So they put a bell in that the person should be able to hit the bell. I know it sounds very strange, but that's the reality. But even in less dramatic cases, you will have machloka sometimes about what's the definition of death.
is it brain death, right? So let's say uh, someone says, I thought this person was brain death. Well, according to many, brain death is, I'm not getting through all the halachas right now, you know, inside, brain death is not enough of death until the heart stops beating. So, you know, you have a situation where someone travels overseas, as sometimes these cases are, it's the way it's presented, and they come back and they said, we saw this person was brain death. And, you know, the advantage of calling brain death death is you could take some of the organs that you wouldn't be able to take. And there are, there were great postkim who felt that brain death was death. There were those who felt that was a position of uh, remosha, especially his uh, son-in-law's big, big, massive Tom Chachem scientist, Rabbi Tendler. Rav Schechter has a different position, and there's a lot of nuances in between. So I just want to point out that the Ein Me'idin Ela Achetet Seinafsho, that in itself is not even uh, so Pashat. Then the, the Mishnah says, Ein Me'idin Ela Ashloshiyamim. They may not testify to a dead man's identity unless they saw the corpse within three days of the man's death. And the assumption over here is that there's a, um, the body starts to decompose. So it's going to end up distorting the features. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the Mishnah, what happens if there are specific features on the body that maybe wouldn't decompose right away, even though the face would? So here you have a major machlokas based on how we end up reading this uh, Mishnah. There are those poskim who say you always have to be able to identify the face. Others say, no, you only have to be able to identify the face if the face is severed from the rest of the body. You look into the halachos in Evanazar, in uh, Simon Yud Zion, and it's important to look at the, the Mepharshim on there as well. Now, these are not questions that even a Rav day-to-day has to deal with, but sometimes we do. You know, I, I don't want to really give so much... Uh, private information away, but there, there have been cases that even we've had to get involved in as far as how do you identify. You know, there's, a, there's sometimes you find someone, Ramosha has a tshuva, of um, you find someone who's died, they were, they were alone, and they're in a house. Now, you know it's that person, so the identity isn't really the issue, but you don't know exactly when they died. You wouldn't even know how to calculate the three days because you don't know the last time somebody was in person, was in contact with this person. And the question is, which was a more practical question, you know, let's say we know it's that person, right? The fact that it's in the makom and let's say it's a situation where they haven't decomposed, how do you identify the yard site day? Ramosha says it's the day that you found the person, which is a very big uh Question. That's why we need Gedolim like Ramosha to make that determination. So this is all coming out from these Mishnayas, and I'm trying to show you ways that it would be um, communicated today in Halachalamaisa situations. Another very interesting situation is, let's say they're able to identify, this is in the Gemara, they're able to identify that this uh, person who died was wearing a shirt. 
It was a very unique shirt, not like a regular white shirt, but let's say it was a shirt with uh, certain simonim on it. We appreciate why that's not going to be good enough, because even though they have given evidence of the shirt, but the Gemara says, the chashin and maybe we're concerned that the garments were actually lent out, which is a value to lend garments out. So this is not going to end up working out. And the only situation where there's a possibility is where you don't have, uh, where you end up having a simon on the goof. And even the simon on the goof, as we saw, is very complicated. And this, again, is dealt with in the Shulchan Aruch and Ebene Ezer. With real cases, they had to deal with it. Now, the Gemara ends up getting into asking an interesting question, which just ties into the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, which I wanted to throw in. Because we're talking here about simanim. We usually talk about simanim, in, uh, or what people are most familiar with talking about simanim is in Eila Metziah Shalov Eila Chayev Lahachris. If you lose an object, then what type of simon is good enough? So the Gemara says, if we're actually concerned about borrowing, so then how could you return a lost donkey to the one who claims it based on his providing simanim uh, on the saddle of the donkey? Maybe uh, here also. It's someone else. It's his saddle, but maybe he lent it out to someone else. You know, there's a great value in lending things to people. So Gemara says something very interesting. Gemara answers, you know, if you know about the donkey world, I guess you would know this, but I don't. Gemara says, La shyly in u kafa. People don't borrow a saddle. Why? You don't use the same saddle on different donkeys. Because it would end up uh, hurting the hide of the donkey because it's not going to be the same exact size. You know, I guess it's kind of like a baseball glove. You break it in. So the saddle is broken in specifically to fit this uh, donkey. The Gemara then goes on to ask other questions relating to Simanim, where again, you're seeing the similarity and differences between uh, Simanim in Bab Metziah and the Simanim over here in Meseches. Yuvamas. Okay, we're going to end the year a little bit earlier. Not necessarily as time, but as far as uh, where we get to on the daf. But I think uh, we try to give you some good halachalamaisa situations, and we'll continue next week. Have a great week of learning.